Our scripture reading tonight, we will be reading out of Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Joshua 1, 5 through 9, and I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God has always wanted people to walk with him. In the Garden of Eden, the Bible describes God walking in the garden in the cool of day. Genesis 3, verse 8. He was accustomed to walking with Adam and Eve in, amongst his creation, but sin forever changed that relationship. Even though God still wants to walk with man, man does not always want to walk with God. Genesis teaches that two men especially were noted for walking with God. Enoch walked with God in Genesis 5, verse 40. Noah also walked with God, Genesis 6, verse 9. So let's briefly, let's briefly consider what it means to walk with God. The idea of walking means that we commit our lifestyle characterized by godly virtues. We're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight alone, which is shown in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. This means that we are to trust and obey God's will, even when we cannot see what is ahead. We are supposed to also walk in love. Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love as Christ has also loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So if love is absent in your lifestyle, then we cannot truly be walking with God. Not only are we supposed to walk in love, but we are also supposed to walk in truth. John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. 3 John verse 4. When we walk with God, truth becomes our constant guide along life's paths. We are also supposed to walk in good works. Consider what Ephesians 2.10 teaches, where it says, For we are his workship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And thirdly, we're supposed to walk in a way that pleases God. Please turn over to 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 1. Again, that is 1 Thessalonians book 4, chapter 1. Here Paul addresses how we should walk in life to the church in Thessalonica. It says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exert in the Lord Jesus Christ that you should abound more and more just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. So walking humbly with God means that we're committed to a lifestyle that he has designed 
and spelled out in his word. It is necessary to walk with God, because if we don't walk with him, we will walk in unprofitable things. Psalm 1 verse 1 speaks of a man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. All of us are living our lives according to others' guidance and counsel. We need to examine ourselves and make sure we're not following the advice of those who are ungodly in their thinking. Next, listen to Ephesians 4, 17 and 18, where it says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, the fertility of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance which is in them, because of the blindness in their hearts. This passage teaches that if we're doing just what everyone else in the world is doing, then we're walking the wrong way. Finally, let's consider the possibility that you can walk in sin. Colossians 3 verses 5 through 7 say, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Being of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once used to walk in when you lived in them. Sometimes people commit sins and never return to them, but more commonly, people find themselves walking in certain sins. They practice these things constantly, and they never make an effort to walk in a different direction. Make no mistake, when we refuse to walk with God, the only alternative is ungodliness, darkness, and sin. When we walk with God, we enjoy a blessed relationship. This is true for the following reasons. A person who walks with God knows that God will never mislead. For the Good Shepherd knows the way that his sheep ought to go. A person who walks with God will find strength and rest for his journey. A person who walks with God will find peace in every circumstance. And a person who walks with God will find grace and help in times of need. So will you walk with our Lord? Be strong and of good courage. Those are some of the first words in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. We are told to be strong and courageous by our Lord God Almighty. But how do we do that best? We must learn to become like children and see the examples we have in the scriptures. First, let's look at David, a simple shepherd who became a warrior and a king. David could have used Saul's armor when he decided to battle Goliath. But rather than use the armor he had never worn before, David decided it would be much better to trust in God. So in 1 Samuel 17, verse 40, if you will turn there, it says, He took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from a brook and put them in his shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistines. Now, we all know how David killed Goliath and became a Bible legend simply by standing strong and of good courage in the face of his enemies. 
And we all wish to be strong and of good courage in the face of our enemies, like David. But it's hard sometimes because our enemies may be intimidating like Goliath. Our enemies may tempt us in ways it feels like it is impossible to stand on our own. And standing alone, we may not be able to accomplish much. But David knew he was not alone. And David knew he had God with him. For David said in 1 Samuel 17, 45-46, You come against me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. Yet I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. David found comfort in knowing that God was with him, and that comfort turned into courage. God will always give us courage, no matter where we are. Now, let's look at Esther. As we all know, Haman tried to kill the Jews through the king's approval, as seen in Esther 3, 8 through 11. But when Esther, the wife of the king and a secret Jew, found out through her cousin Mordecai what Haman was planning, she was faced with the moral dilemma of what to do. What should Esther do to save her people while she has been hiding her own Jewish nationality? She needed a plan, so she fasted along with the other Jews, and she went to confront the king and tell him she was a Jew. Knowing all too well that the last queen wasn't seen again because she didn't come to the king when he called for her. Esther understood that if you come into the king's presence without being invited, you could be put to death. But Esther stood strong and courageous. She went to her husband, the king, and she did not die. And ultimately, she ended up saving her people, having Haman put to death, and doing the will of God. This just proves that we can put our trust in God and he will give us courage always. Now, everyone in this room has someone who persecutes you in some form or another. It may be currently that there is more than one person or that that person has not shown up in your life yet, but they're coming. But when you think of them and all the horrible things they have done to you or will do to you, would you die for them? Would you love them? Would you even so much as go to the cross for them? If we're answering honestly, those, the answer to the questions are no, no, and no. But there was a person whose life was filled with love and courage when he was answering honestly, his answer is yes, yes, and yes. Let's look at Jesus. While he was perfect he, in every way, he was not some robot that came to earth because God programmed him to do so. He was God and became man at the same time. He chose freely to die on the cross for all of our sins. He is the ultimate example of standing firm and of good courage, even in the face of death. Jesus said we should be courageous, and we are supposed to do as Jesus has taught us. When Jesus faced death, he did not run and hide, but courageously faced the mob, the Sanhedrin, Pilate, and the cross. We are to strive to be like Christ, and when we consider what each of these examples teaches us, 
We can be strong and courageous in every circumstance. He will give us courage to anyone who asks for help, but we must also push ourselves to be strong and courageous. For example, it took a lot of my courage to get up here tonight. And we all need to be strong and courageous when avoiding the crowd and standing up for Christ. We must know our strength and courage comes from God and God alone. Will you trust in God? Will you stand strong and courageous in the face of persecution? Only you can answer that question. So what's your answer? In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In my lesson today, I want to point our attention to the phrase, Do not be afraid. Many times in the book of Joshua, the Lord commands his people to be strong and courageous. But that phrase has little value if there's nothing to fear. Does that make sense? If there's nothing to fear, then why are strength and courage needed? So let's take a look at fear for a few minutes and hopefully give us a better perspective on why strength and courage are needed. First off, fear can prevent us from enjoying God's blessings. When we let fear consume us or dominate our life, we are unable to see the joy in this earthly life. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Fear can unfortunately become our focus if we're not careful. Fear of making bad grades in school, fear of not having a job, or fear of not having enough money. Like Jesus said in the passage, we should not worry about tomorrow, but instead focus on what we can accomplish today. God wants us to enjoy life and not be blinded by fear. Just think, Galatians 5 verse 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Everyone wants love and joy and peace, but fear prevents all of these. It takes away the good experiences in life. The second issue with fear is that it can stop us from serving God and doing his work. As Christians, we are called to be workers, servants, slaves of the one true master. But fear is often the reason people don't work. For example, we're often afraid to teach others about Jesus. We're afraid that they're gonna reject the message. We're afraid that we don't have the knowledge to teach them. Or we're afraid that they're gonna laugh at us. Would you open your Bible to Matthew chapter 25, verse 24 through 25? Remember, it was fear that paralyzed the one talent man in the parable of the talents. Matthew chapter 25, verse 24 through 25 says, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering 
where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Fear is what stopped him from doing the work of his master. And the master was very upset with him, calling him a wicked and lazy servant. The master expected his servant to be productive, even though he had only been given a small amount of money. God expects us to work, regardless of the amount of talent we may have. A third negative effect of fear is that it motivates us to disobey God. Certain fears often prompt us to do things which are displeasing to God. For example, a fear of making bad grades can lead to lying or cheating on tests. As for adults, there's a pressure to perform well at work, which can lead to lying or cheating on the job. These examples of sin are a direct result of fear. And to take it to a sad extreme, the fear of rejection and fear of persecution have led many Christians to leave the church and leave Christianity behind. Fear can cause many negative effects on our lives. And unless we learn to overcome our fear, the devil has many weapons to use against us. Our theme for the lessons tonight was be strong and courageous. Taken from the book of Joshua. And verse nine of chapter one tells us, tells us exactly why we should not be afraid. It says, because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Several times in the Bible, Jesus explains that fear comes from a lack of faith. One example of this is in Matthew chapter 14, when Peter tried to walk on water. Jesus says in verse 31, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? While it might be hard for us to accept, Jesus plainly points out that our fear comes from a lack of faith. If we can strengthen our faith, then we can shrink our fears. If we can strengthen our faith, then we can shrink our fears. To be strong and courageous comes with a complete faith in Jesus and his ability to save us from sin. Tonight, there may be some that are ready to commit their lives to Jesus and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. If we can help you with any need, please come forward as we stand and sing. Yeah.